Welcome to the Life and Style Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Lane. On this podcast, I chat with dreamers and doers about all things life, style, and everything in between. Because style is more than what's at the surface. It's self-expression, creativity, and stepping into who you are. Hello, hello, Life and Style podcast listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a very exciting episode to share with you today. I got to chat with Kristen, who is absolutely a ray of sunshine. She brought so much joy to my day today, getting to chat with her, and I know she will to you as well. Um, So since graduating from the Fashion Institute of Technology, Kristen has launched three businesses alongside her own personal Instagram page to share fashion, career, and lifestyle content, even being named the 2020 Lifestyle Influence Her of the Year. Currently, she resides in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she owns Your Social Mate, Soul, S-O-U-L, Social Mate, helping influencers and brands monetize their platforms. You guys, Kristen is the real deal. She knows what she's talking about, and she is so genuine and kind. And I am absolutely excited and thrilled to share this conversation with you. I think you are going to get lots of valuable tips if you're interested in growing an Instagram following for any reason, if you're interested in how to schedule out your day to maximize productivity and still prioritize having free time. Um, We hit on all of that and so much more. So enjoy friends and I will talk to you soon. Hello, hello, Kristen. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. How about you? I'm great. Thanks so much for coming on the Life and Style podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. So let's just get started with you kind of sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, yeah. So I am a Instagram content creator or influencer, whatever you want to call it at this point. Um, kind of the same thing. <laughs> um, and I also am a social media mentor as well. I have a whole um, program where I basically teach both small businesses and influencers or content creators to more successfully monetize their influence. Wow. That's fantastic. So this has just kind of grown. Well, we'll get in. I want to get into more specifics of how <laughs> you kind of arrived at this place, but first, yeah. first things first, I have to talk about just when the first impression that I get whenever I look at your online presence is just like, you are so bold, so colorful. You are just owning (laughs) your style and I love it. It's so refreshing. So tell me kind of how would you describe your style and how you kind of arrived at it? Yeah. I mean, you're definitely on the right track with colorful, bold. Um, those are, those are typically the things that if it does check those two boxes, then I'll probably wear it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, honestly, it's kind of weird. I I don't know what really got me so much into color. I kind of just started slowly incorporating more of it into my wardrobe and I got to a point where I was like, okay, I guess I'm only wearing color now. Like I, I think I own like two like, black pieces my thing. of clothing. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have stuff, you know, like in case I need to go to a funeral or something, but other than that, it's pretty much always color. Um, I also really like a kind of like a retro vibe. So sometimes I'll try and incorporate like 60s and 70s kind of uh, silhouettes or patterns into my wardrobe. And I feel like that's what I love the most. But sometimes it's really hard to find those kind of things um, that are like good quality and actually fit me correctly. So it can be difficult. But when I can find it, it's one of my favorite parts of my wardrobe for sure. Yeah. So are you big into like thrifting? Are you all like, are you seeking out vintage stuff on the regular? I'm definitely pretty big into thrifting. Um, I used to go like once a week, there was a half off day on Wednesdays when I lived in Massachusetts. So like every Wednesday I would go thrifting, but they have it down here. It's just kind of always on a different day. So I don't have a good schedule for thrifting. I try and go <laughs> as often as possible, but sometimes I just like do not make it. Yes. Um, real but life. when I can go, yeah, exactly. Uh, when I can go, I always love it. And I always just come home with a bunch of stuff that I'll like slowly incorporate into my outfits for the next few weeks until I can go thrifting again. So I love it. I love it. I just think that, I don't know, it's just truly refreshing and brings me so much joy seeing your photos and your (laughs) reels and everything because you're so, um, just unapologetically who you are. And I think one thing that I love to talk about on this podcast is that when you do that, you're giving other people permission to do the same thing and whatever that looks like for them. And so in that way, I just think that what you're doing is really important. And so, um, 
I, I just love it. Big supporter of it. So tell Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you feel like kind of coming into your style over the years has really added value into your life? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's like a big confidence thing and a, and a big, like really feeling like myself and who I am. And like you said, I am definitely unapologetically myself 24 seven, um, which I feel like on the internet, isn't always the case. Um, people feel like they have to like be perfect and fit a certain mold. And I think sometimes that can kind of take over. Um, and then you lose yourself along the way. But for me, that whole kind of like dressing the way I want to dress and saying what I want to say and and not being afraid to do that has really just, I mean, elevated my business and in my page and everything. Um, but also just me personally, I feel so much more confident in pretty much most things that I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and it's cool because when you're, when you are doing what is a fit for who you are, you're going to attract the things that are a fit for who you are, <laughs> you know? And right. so it has yeah. just like a massive ripple effect, I'm sure on your business and on your relationships and everything. Definitely. Whenever you really bring like your authentic self into the picture. Um, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, so you mentioned confidence. Has that always been something that, I don't know, you felt strong in? Have you always kind of had the confidence to be bold in your style choices? Um, definitely not. No, I think this is something that probably most people would say no. Um, <laughs> I think it's definitely something that once I started experimenting a little bit more at first, it was definitely kind of rocky because I was like, do I look crazy? Like I remember being the girl in high school who would always wear like things that no one else was wearing. And at first it was a lot because I was nervous that people were going to make fun of me and things like that. But I got to a point where I was just like, why do I care? Like, this is, you know, why did, why does anyone care what I wear? And you know, why does that affect them? It doesn't. So eventually I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just do what I want. And I think ever since then, I've just kind of, uh, built on top of that. And now I, you know, like I take a lot more risks with my outfits, um, you know, and, and with my business and everything. So I definitely think that it was building of confidence, but I feel like now I'm at a really good point. Um, I'm definitely have days like everyone else where there are definitely days where I'm not confident in, in some aspect of my life, but, um, they have been pretty rarely at this point. I feel like I trusted myself a lot more. So, um, that's very, a good place to be in. I'm very happy that I'm there, but it definitely did not happen quickly or easily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what advice would you give to someone who really wants to kind of embrace boldness in their day-to-day style, but they really have no idea how to, how to start that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a mindset kind of thing. Like it's hard to give advice because I think it's just something that people mentally have to just get over. Like you just start wearing it and just see what happens. And like, what are people going to give you weird looks or say something weird to you? Like it, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like if you like it, you should wear it. Or if you want to do it, you should do it. Um, so I definitely think getting over that hump, you are the only person standing in your own way kind of thing. Um, so I would say just maybe you could even start like slowly incorporating things into your wardrobe. So you feel more comfortable, but at a certain point, it is definitely a mindset thing where you just have to say, screw it. I'm just going to do it and yes. see what happens. Yes. And like, sometimes you just have to start before you feel ready. Sometimes starting is yes. what helps you feel ready. <laughs> you know, Yeah, starting is the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Love it. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how your Instagram account was born. What kind of started (laughs) that for you? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting story. I've actually been in this industry for a very long time before it was really even like a full industry. Um, So when I was in high school, freshman in high school, I started a blog back on blogger when there was like 10 other people doing it. I was there too. (laughs) A very small, small industry. Um, I feel like it was everyone who came from like, making layouts on MySpace, they all like migrated (laughs) (laughs) totally into like, Oh, I can make my own website and like, yeah, I'll start taking pictures. So, um, yeah, I started way back when, um, but obviously at that point I had literally no one besides like my friends and family, local people who were really looking at any of my stuff. Um, you know, and at that point I was 
like maybe posting it on Facebook or I don't even know MySpace actually might've still been a thing back then. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but you know, like we didn't have Instagram. There wasn't a lot of like visual platforms that was on Tumblr and things like that, but, um, it's so different obviously from what it is today. So, um, yeah, I basically, <laughs> I had my blog for a while and then I think it was back in like 2012, maybe was when I started Instagram. But at that point I was only just like, you know, I was posting things for pictures of my friends and I, or like, you know, it was not business or like any sort of serious thing at all. I was just kind of like, Oh, everyone's got an Instagram. I'll get an Instagram. Um, in 2000, maybe 16, um, up until from like 2012 to 2016, I was still posting like pictures of fashion related things. And I definitely started to become like associated with fashion because of the things I was putting out there, but it wasn't like good content or anything. It was just, (laughs) people just started to associate with uh, me with it. So, um, back in, I think 2016 is when I really started like, you know, maybe having like my mom take pictures of me in my backyard and like cute outfits and start posting them on my blog and on Instagram. Um, and slowly I started to like meet more and more people who were kind of doing the same thing. It was absolutely nothing like it it is today obviously um but it slowly became something I took more and more seriously um back in 2016 I think I was literally just like you know I'd work with a brand who'd give me like a $50 store credit and I was it was the coolest thing in the world like no one was doing it I thought it was like so cool um and then in 2018 is when I really started taking it seriously. And I said, okay, like I'm, I'm going to do something with this. Um, and I, at the time owned a business. Um, it was like a hair salon photography studio kind of mashup, um, with one of my friends at the time. And we had to have social media obviously for that business. So, um, I did that social media and I started to kind of cross over the fashion and the hair and beauty kind of thing, um, with my audience on my personal Instagram. And honestly, it's just evolved so much since then. Um, I kind of, you know, I'll, if I have new ideas, I play around with them, see what happens. And then if it works, then it works and I stick with it. And that's kind of how it's been evolving for however many years I've been doing it at this point. See, I love, I love to hear that story because I feel like it is so easy for someone to see someone who's doing really well on social media yeah. and just feel like they're so, they're so far behind. Like how did they get there? It took so much time. And so, and you <laughs> learned so much yeah. on, in a gradual way to get to the point that you're at, you know, exactly, and I feel like yeah. that's something that people really need to remind themselves who are maybe earlier in the process. It can really feel like right. y- you just don't see that when you look at somebody's page all the time, how long they've been working at it and how much experience they have gained in yes. that amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think there's so much content out there. That's like how I gained 20,000 followers in in one week. And it's just like, you know, that's not realistic for most people. Like there's typically a really long stretch of hustle that comes behind most people's (laughs) uh, accounts, you know, but like, it's, it's not something everyone talks about on a daily basis. So how are you supposed to know? I I guess, you know, Yes, totally. I think it's, it's one of those things that isn't part of like total mainstream conversation yet. Right. Um, oh, just the no, amount of time that it takes to like arrive in a place that you want to be <laughs> professionally. Because right. yeah, the internet just makes everything look like all of a sudden. Quick it's, and easy. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, and I also think that people can tend to make it look that way as well. Um, 100%. Yeah. You know? So let's see. So your Instagram, tell me for people who are inspired by it and love following along, what is some what are some practical tips that you would give people who want to grow their following, but really are not sure. Maybe they're, they're great at creating content. They just don't know how to get it out there and grow their audience. What are some tips that you have for them? Yeah. I think one thing I would, I always love to start off by saying this whenever I'm asked this question. Um, cause I feel like I'm asked this question a thousand times a day. <laughs> this is your question. How do I grow? Yeah, it really <laughs> is. How do I grow? How do I grow? And it's so hard to give like a quick and easy answer to it because just like we talked about, it's not a quick and easy process. Um, first thing you need to know is that going into it, like don't focus on things happening super quickly. You're, you know, it's fine if you're growing 30 followers a month, like that's okay. You know? And I think so many people get, you know, like down on themselves because they're not getting a thousand followers a month, but like, that's just not realistic for most people. So first thing I like to tell people is like, you need to focus on quality over quantity. Um, especially if you are in the influencer space, um, you plan on working with brands. There is more 
emphasis on engagement and loyalty and having a really great audience that cares about what you're posting and sees value in it, then there is that follower number. I mean, Mm. the follower number is great because that's kind of the first place to look on like, okay, how much should I charge? Or like, is this person in the range? Uh, If you're a brand kind of looking at influencers, maybe there's a certain range of, of influencers they're looking for with follower count. So it does hold some weight, but I would say like, focusing on building an audience that really does genuinely care about what you're posting is going to be so much more valuable because if you are a brand and you're hiring that influencer that has a great engagement rate, you're probably going to see sales from it. Whereas if someone has a hundred thousand followers, but only gets 200 likes on a picture, you know, like it's, it's not going to, um, you know, calculate as, as good as someone with a smaller follower count, but a really engaged audience would, which sounds crazy, but that's Makes definitely, sense. Yeah, like it does make sense. And I think more and more brands are seeing this and and taking that into consideration instead of just being like, you have 10,000 followers. I'm only going to work with you. I won't work with anyone under 10,000. That's like, I feel like totally off the table at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think quality over quantity is the first thing you need to really think about. Um, with building an audience, I think there are, like I said, a ton of different things that you can do that will help, but it all really boils down to just building connections with people and putting yourself out there um, and doing the work. You know, I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday. She was um, someone I was on a discovery call with, and she was interested in our program. And she said to me, you know, I really just want to like post my stuff and like get off the app. And I was like, well, that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to break it to you. Exactly. Like it would be way easier for everyone. And we all have much more time to do things. Yes. But also that's just not the reality of it. You know, you have to go into the idea of, yes, I want to build this platform. You have to go into it by understanding that you're going to have to dedicate a lot of time, energy, effort, money into it. It's a business at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think definitely focusing on building a connection with your audience, you know, taking the time to like, go see what your followers are doing, see if they like just moved into a new house or had a baby or whatever it is and send them a DM, you know, like you are no different from them. And I think, again, that's another thing that some influencers might start to think of is like, oh, you know, I have 20,000 followers. I don't really need to like DM with people anymore. Like, you know, you still have to focus on really making a good connection with people, no matter how big or small you are, Um, you know, putting yourself out there, commenting, engaging, responding to stories, DMing, things like that. Um, And I think eventually at that point, it starts to just organically roll in because, you know, someone has a really good experience with having a conversation with you, they're going to want to share your content more. That's going to bring more people. They're going to engage with your content more, which is going to boost the reach on that post, which is going to share with more people. So I think it really all just boils down to just taking the time to make really good connections with people. Um, and slow and steady is totally fine. I love that. And do you, are there ways that you like in the, in the content that you post, like, are there ways that you're encouraging engagement just on the day-to-day so like in your captions or what you include in a photo or reel how how does the whole creating an engaging audience mindset impact the content that you're putting out yeah there definitely is um there are some things that I do that I think do help with that um in my captions for example like I always try and make them like very easily digestible, I guess. So like, you know, instead of having like one giant paragraph that most people are probably not going to read through, I'll try and like have everything kind of like bullet points or little bite-sized paragraphs, a couple sentences at a time. Um, so visually I think that really helps because it makes it a little bit more achievable for people to get through the whole thing. Totally. I always (laughs) Um, appreciate it whenever there's the line breaks, it is everything. Yes. I'm so much more line breaks. read the whole thing. Yes, exactly. And that's so important because obviously if you're putting all this time and work into the content, people aren't even reading it, then they're not connecting with you. They're not seeing value in your content. They're kind of missing the whole point and then you've just wasted your time. So um, I really like to do it that way. So that's kind of one logistical thing. I also really like to make sure that I have a call to action in the e-post. So I'll make sure I say like, oh, like, do you feel the same way? Let me know in the comments. Or have you ever had this experience? Tell me about it in the comments. Um, I'm just encouraging people to essentially start a conversation. Um, And typically what I like to do at that point, again, to kind of build on that relationship is I'll respond to the comment. But then if it's something that I can 
start a more in-depth conversation about, I'll hit that message button and send a DM be like, Hey, I saw you commented this on my photo, um, blah, 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 you know, and then whatever I have to say about it. Um, and that definitely encourages people to comment as well, because they're like, wow, she actually, you know, cares and started a conversation with me. Yeah. Um, and this is where I say, you know, it does take a lot of time. It's kind of tedious sometimes, but honestly, like you have to look at it as, I get to engage. Like I get to have this community and I, I have this community here who actually cares about me and what I have to say. And like, instead of looking at it as, Oh, I have to spend all this time engaging. Like, you know, you have to kind of look at it with a more positive mindset of like, wow, this is really cool. I get to talk to all these people and they care about what I have to say for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I want to talk a little bit in a minute about how you navigate that in your day-to-day life, like how, how that looks, because I feel like that can be really intimidating. Um, so tell me a little bit about, before we get into that, I want to talk about as a person, how do you feel like becoming this business owner and Instagram, um, influencer, how has that grown you as a person? Yeah. Um, I actually was thinking about this not too long ago and, I feel like me putting myself out there on the internet so much has just made me like so much more of an extrovert, I guess. Like, I mean, I used to go into like a room of people and like, I, you know, I'd be really shy. There are definitely still times where I am. Like, I feel kind of out of place sometimes, but if I had to get up and like speak in front of a bunch of people on stage, I feel like I could do it now with like no, you know, like no worries in the world. Cause I really do it all day long. Um, so I'm much more comfortable as like, I guess a public speaker. And I feel like I kind of have fallen in love with that whole piece of it. Like I love the educational part of it and I love to be able to like spread the word kind of thing. Um, so it's definitely made me a lot more confident in my speaking abilities or just getting in front of people and, and networking or introducing myself to people or, you know, like yeah. sometimes if we're like at a restaurant, I see someone I know, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to go say hi. Like, where's that's something I probably would have never done before. Interesting. So it, it really has impacted the way you operate in your day to day now. Like, and you self-trust earlier. And it sounds like that might be a big piece of what it is. It's like, you've learned that whatever, whatever comes your way, you can handle it whenever it hits you, you yeah. know, like if it's someone you normally yeah. wouldn't say hi to in the store, now you, now you will. Cause you know that you can handle it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's honestly, I think in terms of being a business owner and especially like a self-employed, you are the only employee kind of business. uh, I think you really have to have that self-trust. And that's something that in the last maybe six or seven years, I have felt so confident about because I kind of just, whenever I have an idea, I don't even think about, can I do it or can I not do it? I just have an idea and I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, like I I've gotten over that hump of like, Oh, like imposter syndrome. I don't know if I can get it done or I don't know if people will like it. I just do it. And I say, let's see what happens. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever, but at least I tried, at least I put myself out there. And I think that's one thing. A lot of small business owners are, you know, holding themselves back with because they're so worried about how it's going to turn out or if, or if they can do it at all that they don't try. Um, And honestly, I think that self-trust is probably the most important part for being a business owner. Yeah. And then another thing that I just commonly hear is, you know, I feel like the common thread among people who have really had to push through to get to where they are, they've all failed at some point and they've learned it's still okay after you fail. Like it's still, life still goes on and it's still going to be okay. And you can move forward and be stronger because of it. And I feel like until you've like really learned that through experience, you're going to be afraid of failure. So you really just have to start again, back to starting before you're ready. <laughs> First case scenario is exactly. probably still going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you'll, you'll probably get through it. It might be hard, but like, at least you tried and now you can never, you never have to do it again, but at least you tried <laughs> it and, to see if it would work, you know? Yes, totally. This podcast is produced by Painted Tree Boutiques. With locations all across the nation, Painted Tree is home to hundreds of local vendors, all under one roof. The incredibly talented vendors at Painted Tree specialize in gifts, decor, fashion, soaps, candles, and so much more. It truly is your one-stop gift shop and a shopping experience like no other. Life and Style listeners, you want to check this place out. Visit PaintedTree.com to find your nearest location and get your shop on. That's P-A-I-N-T-E-D-T-R-E-E dot com. And now a few words from an incredibly talented Painted Tree shop owner. 
My name is Yadi. I'm the owner of Olola Vintage Home, and we are in the Painted Tree Frisco, the Painted Tree Highland Village, Mansfield, and Champions. I love shopping at the Painted Tree, and I think everybody will love it because since you walk into the store, uh, they will greet you like your family. You will find everything that you need in your list. So it's from the uh, newest uh, and the stylish clothing that you can find. You can find paint. You can find everything for everyone. So tell me, okay, now I want to talk about the whole lifestyle that you have with your, your, you're constantly engaging or consistently engaging on social media um, and creating content for it. You're posting, you're commenting, DMing, doing photos and reels. How do you navigate keeping that up in a way that is really maintainable in your life and having, you know, things in your life that are completely outside of that in a healthy way? Yeah. Um, I will say this was definitely something that was really difficult for me at first. And it took me a lot of time to get into a really good streamlined process. And I would say with my mentorship students, this is probably the thing that they all consistently, you know, between the group of them, uh, they all have struggled with. And I tried my best to, you know, get everyone on the good process. Um, I am, first of all, I'm a very like type A organized, crazy person. So I love schedules and lists and things like that. Um, so I think I already kind of had an upper hand there when I was trying to get this process in line, um, because I really do enjoy that stuff, which again, I, I do notice with some of my mentorship students, like I kind of have to like give them a little kick in the butt to be like, no, like, come on organization. Yay. Um, but my process now I've essentially dedicated like certain days and certain times to the tasks that I have to get done. Um, because they're pretty much consistent tasks that I have to do week after week. Um, so I usually, you know, I try and plan my content in advance on a certain day of the week. We always shoot on a certain day of the week. Um, throughout the day, I typically try and spend like certain times of the day that I'm engaging. Um, so that it is very manageable and consistent for me. So I never really have to question like, Oh crap, I didn't engage today. What am I going to do it? Like I usually have time set up for that. And one thing that really helped me at first was I would literally go into my like Google calendar and block off times for everything that I had to do for the day. So I'd be like, okay, this task on my to-do list, is going to take me probably 30 minutes. Let's put a 30 minute slot in here. So from one to one 30, I'm going to be working on this. Um, and I did that with all of my tasks so that I kind of got into a good process of getting everything done and not spending too much time on one task and then forgetting about all the rest. Yes. Um, but it definitely does take time to get into a good process, but I think it really just takes you you know, some trial and error to find out what works for you, but trying to find a set schedule, I think is probably going to be the most helpful way to stay consistent. That makes total sense. I mean, it's, it's like with any job you want to, you want to have the security of knowing when you're not, when you're not doing it, you can be fully present yeah. there. And I think that's a big reason why scheduling it in advance is so helpful. Cause you're like, that's removing the mental load of, I, I could be doing this right now. I could be, you know, I could be engaging or responding to emails or yeah. whatever. No, right now I'm having a movie night. I'm fully here. And that's yep. all that I'm worried about. Yeah, so. definitely. And I've, I've tried to like, you know, before I used to, I'm a morning person. I get up at six o'clock, you know, and I, I usually would like start work right away. I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything for me, taking my time in the morning. Like I would go right to work. And then I would find myself some days working until seven, eight, nine o'clock at night from six o'clock in the morning. And, and that is when I kind of realized something had to change because, you know, I was miserable. I wasn't spending any time for myself. I wasn't spending time with my fiance. Like, you know, there were so many things that I was kind of missing out on because I had to work, but I, I've just tried to get more into the mentality of, you know, like if I don't, finish engaging today, that's okay. I can do it tomorrow. Like it's not do or die kind of thing. There are so many aspects of my job that I can push to, to the next day if I need to. So I've just kind of said to myself, okay, you know, five o'clock, if I'm not clocked out, then I need to take everything that I am going to do for the rest of the night and push it to another day this week. Cause I, I need to clock out and have this time for myself to, you know, maintain my mental health, yes. which is very important, especially when you're self-employed, you need to have your mental health in check. Absolutely. Yes. That's such a big one. Yeah. It, it's so important. Um, I, one you were mentioning just like 
being willing to push things to the next day whenever the time is up. And I feel like one yeah. thing that I recently have learned, it's just a tiny shift that has helped me so much is just when I'm making like a, okay, from one to one I'm working on this. It's not a, I'm finishing this task from one to one It's right. I'm working within this task or within this category from one to one Yeah. And so it's, it's this most simple thing, but shifting my mindset to, instead of this is the time period that I'm finishing this task. It's, this is the time period that I'm working on this task. Yes. Going into it. I'm not expecting and requiring of myself to necessarily finish it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say too, have you ever heard of this, uh, method, I guess it's called eat the frog. No. Okay. This is every time I tell someone about this, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds <laughs> um, okay. So this is kind of like my favorite thing ever. And it's, it's very, very helpful for anyone who's having issues with productivity. I know I used to do this and I'm sure a lot of other people do this when I like have a big to-do list of things. And there's like a few tasks that I'm really not looking forward to. And I'm just like, Oh, like all day, I'm going to be thinking about how much I don't want to do these and I'll do everything else around it. And then I end end my day with this like horrible task that I just really didn't want to do. Um, so there's this method called eat the frog and I literally don't know the <laughs> science of why it's called this. Like I have no idea. It's an attention grabber from. at the least. It is. And honestly, I do not know the story behind it. I didn't make it up. So don't, don't come at me, but essentially what it means is you eat the frog. So you take those tasks that are the most daunting tasks that you really don't want to do. You get them done in the beginning of the day. So like, those should be the first few things that you work on so that you're like, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'm done with those. I don't have to worry about them for the rest of the day. I'm going to end my day on a good note. Like I won't, you know, it's, it really changes the rest of your day for you. And it's kind of annoying. Cause like, you don't want to wake up and work on annoying tasks first thing in the morning, but getting them done and then having like a chill rest of the day is a game changer. Okay. Yep. I'm feeling called out. Cause that is not a thing I'm strong in. <laughs> like, you know, I can do the time blocking, but my blocks are always yep. going to get worse and worse as the day goes on. So I think that is, that sounds like a total game changer, honestly. And yeah, I have heard like, is. I guess like, my husband read some book that he was talking about where they say all the, all the things you absolutely have got to get done in a day, try to get it done by 11 AM. The things that are absolute requirements that have to be yeah. done. And I think that's like a pretty broad rule and can't always apply in any situation, yeah. but like just that idea of like getting it done first and then feeling, having that home free feeling for the rest of yes. the day. I feel like that could have a massive impact on just anybody's day-to-day lifestyle, yeah. whatever you're, whatever you're doing in your day. Exactly. Eat the frog eat it. Just eat the frog. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you are an Instagram mentor, correct? That's like the title that you are given, given that you have claimed. Um, So myself, yes, that you have been bestowed. Um, What does that look like in the day to day? So how, how does that fit in with, with the rest of what you do? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool with my program that I have set up. A lot of it is kind of like self, uh, like it runs itself kind of thing, um, which is really nice. So typically what I try and do on a weekly basis is like a few times a week, I'll try and kind of slide my program into my stories or in my captions or whatever it is. Um, and that's kind of like my, my marketing. I don't really push my program too hard because I never want to like, feel too salesy or anything. And also it's kind of like my side hustle. So it's not my main moneymaker. I don't need to like have 5 million people signed up for it. Like it's, you know, if people feel like they need it, I'd love to talk to them about it. And you know, if it works out, it works out. So I kind of will for marketing, I'll try and kind of put that in there easy or organically throughout the week a few times. Um, in terms of the actual workload for me, it usually is just all of the calls that I have. So, um, our mentorship program is a four month program. And basically in the first four months, you have one-on-one coaching calls. Um, And so you'll watch a video training and then everything you learn in that training, we talk about in a call, how it can, you know, apply to you specifically talk through strategy. Um, if my students have had time to play around with it, answer any questions that they've had. So most of my days is those calls with my students. Um, and that's the main, I guess, time commitment. Um, other than that, it's really just kind of updating the program whenever there's new things that happen. Um, we also have every Thursday we do at nighttime, we call it date night, but it basically is where all of these students get together and we just get on and, you know, talk about social media, answer questions, oh, bounce ideas cool. off each other. 
it's a lot of fun. The community aspect of the program is honestly probably the best part. Um, cause everyone like has become such a little family because we see yeah. each other every week. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. So that's another time commitment, but honestly, it's just me talking to people on, on the phone or on zoom all day. Um, but I love it because it's, I just get to like hang out with people and talk about social media all day. It's kind of the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And that's gotta be really fulfilling too, because you're like, you're really helping yeah. people go after whatever it is that you know, I has been in their heart for so long, I'm sure. Like, so who is, who's your typical client? Is it, is it a business owner, someone who's wanting to like, I mean, what does that look like? Influencers, owners? So everyone is actually, I mean, it's a really big mix of people. Um, we have a lot of small business owners who maybe like, you know, own their own boutique, or maybe they're a designer. Um, I actually just signed up someone who is a personal trainer. So there's a lot of small business owners. Um, and then we also have a lot of content creators and influencers. So the program is really built for just anyone using social media, um, you know, beginner or someone who's more advanced. And it essentially will just kind of walk you through the whole process of monetizing. But there's a lot of kind of like behind the scenes things that I have you do first. So there's a lot of like branding and, you know, making sure your audience understands the value of your page, your content pillars, um, you know, growth and engagement, organizing, planning, scheduling, all of these things. And then we get into monetizing. Um, But I will say most of my students are just kind of people who are maybe already using social media, but just having trouble scaling or there's like, they feel like they're doing everything right. And for some reason, it's just not panning out the way they want it to. Um, And I will say a lot of the people that I work with, the biggest hump for them to get over is their own you know, imposter syndrome, or like, they're not, they're not confident enough to ask for a certain amount of money that they should be asking for. So I feel like I teach a lot of strategy, but I also am like, kind of like a therapist at the same time. And I really like, encourage everyone to like, take a chance and just do it and see what happens. Like all of those things we just talked about, I try and shove onto all my students. I love it. Um, I mean, I think that's great. You're taking a very holistic approach of like, let's let's really get to the root of why this is not working. Exactly. It's really nice to see everyone like come out of the program and, you know, just even if they haven't grown 5 million followers, whatever, they, they're still like much more confident in themselves and they, they can go into social media or their business, whatever it is, feeling more confident in the value that they bring to the table, which I think is the most important part. Cause if you don't see it, how are you supposed to tell anyone else that it's worth it? Absolutely. That's awesome. I feel like that would be okay. This brings me to my other question of like how, so at what point was it like, okay, I am doing this Instagram thing. It's working out. I'm learning so much about the business. And then when did it transition into, okay, other people want to know what I have learned. Was it just from hearing like the demand of people asking you questions about it? And then you were like, okay, I could make this into a whole separate thing. (laughs) I realized that I was spending so much time answering questions in the DMs that I was like not able to do other work. I didn't really see it as work. You know, like I was just like, oh, I'm having conversations with people. But then I realized the advice here. um, And eventually I said, you know what? I, as a businesswoman who values her time, I really do need to find how I can monetize this because I'm just spending way too much time on doing this for free when I could be doing other things that are going to fuel my business and make me money so I can pay my bills. Totally. Totally. (laughs) And eventually, yeah, I just said, all right, well, we're going to start a program and it just has kind of morphed into what it is today. That's awesome. And I think it's so great because I don't know, even, even as like just somebody who is following you on Instagram and not doing the course, it's like, you're, you're more transparent than most people are about what it actually, what the, what it actually looks like. Like you're sharing actual numbers. And I saw a reel recently of you sharing like screenshots of an email exchange that you had with a sponsor. And like, I just feel like you don't see that. I don't know. Maybe I'm not following the right people, but I feel like that is rare <laughs> to be that transparent. Right. And I feel like that's the stuff people really, really want to know and really want to learn from. Right. And I, I based those videos on like, you know, what are the questions that I'm getting the most, you know, people would be like, how much do I charge? Oh, the brand said this, what do I say to this? So I, I said to myself, instead of answering all of these questions in like a super boring way, let me give you examples on how it actually works. Um, and those have probably become some of my most popular videos. Um, I do them as often as possible. And then I also do at the end of every month, I'll do like my income and expenses. And I'll say, this is how much money I brought in from Instagram. I don't like to give like specifics of what brand 
uh, like what each brand paid me, because I know there is a lot of, you know, confidential information that brands out of respect for the brand. I don't want to give out. So I'll just say kind of, you know, this month, um, I worked with all these brands and this is how much I made, but then I'll also go through my income and ex- or my expenses and say, okay, I made all this money, which was great, but also look at how much money I had to, you know, pay for props and, and all my Photoshop and all these programs that I use. Um, and again, that's one thing that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is, you know, they want to talk about, oh, I made $20,000 on Instagram this month, but how much are you actually taking home? And like, how much are you paying in taxes? And does people even know that they have to pay taxes on this money? Cause a lot of people don't. So I'm trying to instill good business practices on my audience rather than just teaching them how to grow on Instagram or how to make a quick buck on Instagram. I want people to actually be able to turn into like real, uh, you know, business savvy women. Yes. Men, whatever. I love it. I think that's awesome. Um, and you, you just do a really good job of like establishing your credibility by what the free content that you're putting out there. And so I feel like it's right. a no brainer to trust you when, you know, signing up for your course. Yeah. And yeah. I say to every person I get on a discovery call, I tell them like the information that I have in this course can all be found on the internet. Like, where do you think I found all of it? I <laughs> found it. I did a ton of resource research. I, you know, did trial and error with things. Then, you know, that's where I kind of morph that information into what it is in the program. But most of the information that I have is, is out there. The real draw to the mentorship program is that I'm going to walk through everything with you. And if you have a question and, you know, if you learn something on the internet, you can't go ask the internet how to solve this problem. Most of the times, like if it's specific to you, I'm there to walk through it with you, um, you know, more hand in hand than the internet can. So the real draw is just having someone by your side that can answer all these questions. And if I don't know the answer, I will help you find it. And, you know, we can kind of work together on it. It's so nice to just have a human in your corner instead of having to <laughs> yeah, depend on YouTube and yeah. Google. It's just so nice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so what would you say are some of the most common mistakes people make when they're trying to promote a business on Instagram? Um, I think that for maybe like small businesses, there are different things I would say for influencers, but for small businesses, I think not humanizing your brand is probably the biggest mistake that I see. Um, a lot of companies who like, you don't know who owns it. You don't know anything about how the product is made. Like it's just, they put a product out there. Um, you know, if you can put like almost a name to a face kind of thing. So like, if you have a business and I know who you are as a business owner behind this business, I'm more inclined to spend money with you and follow along and be invested in your business because I like you as a person and want to support you. So I think really like bringing people into your life as a small business owner, show them the behind the scenes, um, you know, show them how things are made that makes people feel so much more connected to whatever you're selling and they'll probably want to buy it a lot more than if you were just like here's a cool pair of earrings or whatever um you know like they don't no one needs another pair of earrings but like if I'm (laughs) feeling like I'm supporting my friend out there like I will buy the earrings definitely don't need them now (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah I think just really having the personal connection is, is everything for whether you're a shop owner or you're selling whatever it is. I think just feeling like you are affecting a human being's life with the way that you're spending your money is what people really desire. And so, um, and then, yeah. What about influencers? What are some common mistakes that they should avoid? Um, I would say for influencers throwing out any content that putting out any content to your audience that is very obviously not organic, I think is one way to get people running the opposite direction. Um, so typically what I kind of have as my little motto is like, you know, if, if I see any aspect of this piece of content that doesn't feel organic, I need to not put it out there or change it around in a way that does feel more organic. Um, you know, I, I like to view my audience as like, these are all my friends. Like would I talk to my friend about this product, like in this way, because that's how you should be addressing your audience. So I think just being as transparent and honest and, you know, real, I guess, as, as possible is really what's going to bring you success. But if you feel like you have to put makeup on every time you get on stories, or, um, you feel like if you have like a hair out of place, you can't post this picture on Instagram, like you're going to have a very hard time. Um, and you're probably going to drive yourself crazy in the process. So I think just like being a totally real person and, 
and again, unapologetically yourself is really the way to have success as an influencer. Yeah. And I, I love that because I mean, it can be one of the scariest things, but I also think once, once you're in there, it makes it easier. It just makes it easier. Not feeling like you have to have this standard of perfection for yourself. So exactly. Um, and I mean, there is like now I feel like with the content that I'm seeing between TikTok and Instagram, like people are being so open about, especially like body positivity and like, here's how this fit me and here's how it fit the model on the picture. You know, like people are being so much more open about not being perfect or whatever we see in the media as perfect that like it's becoming easier and easier for other people to do because so many other that's people so are true. doing it I'm so thankful for that shift that's happening I feel Seriously. like I don't know how long maybe in the last five years is really it's just shocking the difference that has happened just culturally oh, yeah, and the way sure. I mean as a mom the way that motherhood is portrayed has changed so much for the better and then just yeah. fashion, beauty, lifestyle, mental health, like all of these things are being talked about in a way that is o- more honest now. Obviously there's so much, exactly. to but it's so <laughs> that there's this cultural shift happening. So I think it's cool yeah. that you get to be, you know, you're definitely a big part of that. And so I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Funny change in subjects. I have to ask you about your houseplant obsession. You love plants. <laughs> Tell me about that. Why do you love them? And give me some top tips for taking care of being a successful plant parent. Okay. This is something that started very recently for me. Um, I, so I've had plants, but I've never, like, I had like maybe three of them in the house, but they, they were not looking good at all. Like they all looked dead. Um, and so eventually I don't know really what sparked it, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to like try and be a plant mom and I'm going to buy a plant. And it has just morphed into me having like, I probably have like 70 plants now in the last three or four months. It's just like a horrible, it's not horrible. It's just an addiction that like, once you start, you cannot stop. It's it's bad. It's just exploded. Um, I love it. I, yes, I need to go to like plant owners anonymous. It's really like, it's a problem. We have no room <laughs> oh left gosh. for anything other than plants in this house. <laughs> I um, it. I don't know. I just, I guess it's for me, like almost a self-care thing. Like my routine has changed so much since I've had these plants. So I, I like getting up in the morning. Like I, you know, have usually have a pretty chill morning. I'll go work out when I get back. I'm like, you know, I'm going to water my plants. I'm going to miss them. So like I'll spend a good 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes just tending to my plants before I start my day. And it's just so calming. I don't know. Something about it is like very calming. Yes, exactly. Um, Tips for plant parents. Um, I would do not what I did. I would not try and buy way too many plants. Um, (laughs) Start small, you know, like start small, really learn the ins and outs. I mean, I have done so much research um, and honestly, I think that's been kind of therapeutic for me too, is like learning about like different ways of watering and like, should I put it in this window or this window? Um, so then, you know, like I've, I've gotten books, I've watched YouTube videos. So spend a lot of time researching every single plant is so different. You will eventually get into the swing of, you know, what works best. Um, but definitely don't go hard and like get a ton at once. Cause they'll probably all die because it's too much going on at once. So maybe slow and baby steady, steps. do your research. Yes, exactly. I love it. That, that <laughs> is one thing that I feel like is coming for me, like that plant craze, Do it. but I, I need to, I need to start small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but start like, with I'm... like a plant that's really easy. Like you have to Google yes. like easy plants to take care of. Start with that one. You probably won't kill it. And then you'll feel more confident going into the hard ones. Building up that <laughs> self-trust. Yes, exactly. Even (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Another thing I want to chat about quickly is that you are planning a wedding. You're engaged. So tell me about how that process has been so far, just moving towards your wedding day. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah. It's been a very slow and steady process. Um, We set a date, we got a venue, we got a photographer, but that is all I have planned. Um, it'll be a little more than a year from now. So I have plenty of time. Um, I've just been, you know, spending time on my Pinterest board and again, trying to organize that into my schedule because it is a lot of work to plan a wedding. And I feel like I haven't even gotten into like the hard stuff yet. (laughs) It is a lot. It's so much more work than you think it's going to be. It just really is. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. So we have like a month of coordinator, which I'm very happy about. So hopefully like 
she'll help me, you know, with all that last minute stuff. I think everything up to then I will hopefully be good. We'll see. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have no doubt planning, planning brain, I think is going to be helpful for this. So I think so too. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And delegating is huge. I am so thankful that I delegated my mom and her friend helped immensely with my wedding. And I don't know, I don't know what I would have done without them because even with them, it was a lot. So, um, but we're okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. So delegate all you can. (laughs) It's wonderful, um, to have help. Um, but that's very exciting. So excited for you guys. Um, so chat with me quickly about just some of the daily rituals that you feel like most contribute to your mental health. Um, okay. So I think my fitness schedule has helped me feel physically and mentally so much better. I try and work out like four times a week, but I have been not, I don't go to the gym ever. I do, um, like classes. So I've been doing boxing, which has been like the best thing for my mental health. Cause I feel, I get my nice workout and you know, you just feel good after a workout, but I also feel so badass in that class. Cause like, there is nothing like just punching a, like a freaking punching bag as hard as you can for a half hour. Yeah. You will feel on top of the world. Um, so I love, I've been doing boxing. It's been amazing for me. I feel very good. Um, my plants are another big thing for my mental health, taking the time to take care of them, doing my research, my little plant babies. When they're thriving, I feel very good about myself. Like I'm a good mom, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Um, yeah. And then I would also say, um, clocking out by a certain time, it's kind of crazy. And I, f- I feel lucky to say this, but most days I clock out around two or three o'clock and I try and just chill for the rest of the day. Like maybe that's I'll so run great. a few errands. Oh, it's like, it's the best thing. And I think that's one thing about the program that I try and, you know, really tell people like, it's so worth it to have that freedom of creating your own schedule and being like, you know, it's one, it's one, two o'clock. Like, I'm going to just clock out for the day. I did everything I needed to do. I'm okay. Um, so clocking out early has been really awesome. Cause I found that I'm able to have like enough time to like, maybe watch a couple episodes of my favorite TV show, spend some time with my boyfriend, actually cook a real meal. Um, and then, you know, just decompress before I go to bed. So, um, that's been really helpful too. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I, all of those things are hitting home with me. The, the early clocking out thing is not my life, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's I something also don't have, a, I'm not a mom. So I think there's a lot more responsibility that goes along with that, that it would make that kind of impossible. There is that. Yeah. But you know, I, I just, I love that concept though, of like making it a priority to give yourself as much unstructured time as you can. Yeah. Um, 100%. And taking that mindset into whatever your day-to-day life may look like. Um, Cause I do think that it can be so easy to assign every, every minute a task or some category of something that needs yes. to be done. Um, especially, yeah. If you, you outside of work, you have other things that you're juggling. I think it, it really can exactly. be easy. So prioritizing some unstructured <laughs> time in a day can be, a game changer. Um, and I need to yes, try boxing. I have done a lot of different, a lot of different classes and fitness endeavors, but I've never done boxing and you're making me think I'm missing out. So I might need to yes. get <laughs> If you have a rock box by you, it's called rock box. You have to go. It is the best thing ever. It's like 30 minutes of boxing and then 30 minutes of the like focus on one body part. And it's a circuit and it goes by so fast. Like everyone is just always so nice. Like it's amazing. Rock box. I love that. Okay. Okay. Noted. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look that up. So yes, definitely. What? Yes. What are some key pieces of advice that you would give to your younger self if you could? Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I would probably say, I don't honestly know that I would really like give any different advice than what I went through when I was young. Like I, I definitely would say like take more chances, which I feel like is a really corny answer, but like I got into the swing of, Oh, let's just try and see what happens. But if I could have gone into that earlier, maybe things would be different. Um, but overall, I honestly think that I, I did a good job. I'm happy with where, (laughs) where my childhood self brought me. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, but take more chances is a big one. I feel like, and it's interesting because you did start taking chances early, relatively early. And you're still like, I could have taken more chances, you know? Um, probably. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So this is, this is a big one. You thought the last one was a big one. 
What makes you feel oh like the best version of yourself? Okay. Um, this is a typical type A person answer. Um, but I think best version of myself is when I am doing something I love and that is pretty much working. Um, I feel like me excelling at my job and within my career makes me feel so good. So I always love putting the time into working and like thinking of new projects and things like that. And when I have like a really good idea or something pans out the way I wanted it to, like that feeling is probably something that not a lot of other things give me. Um, so I think when my work is doing really well, I feel like the best version of myself. And if it's not doing as well as I'd like it to, I'll always, you know, try and ask myself, how can I tweak it? Like, what do I need to do to get to that point where everything is running really smoothly and I feel good. Awesome. That's a great answer. Um, so what are some of your, where do you get inspiration? What are some of your favorite social media accounts to follow or podcasts to listen to? This is honestly the hardest question for me because I feel like I really don't have a lot of people that I look to that are like my favorite accounts. I think it's just social media in, in, in general. Like I love going through Pinterest and just scrolling through like my homepage and seeing what I can find. I love the explore page on Instagram, like the explore page. I feel like not a lot of people tap into as much yeah. as they should. I find a lot of things on there that inspire me. Um, and just like other people that I follow and other creators in general, I don't really feel like there's any specific ones. Um, and also actually on, um, on social mates, Instagram, we did just do a post about like some of our favorite podcasts. So there are some there, but I don't have a specific answer and I really need to think about this more no, that's because okay. people ask me this question. I never can answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's okay because you're very, you're, you're viewing all of social media with a very open hand, open mind. And so I think it, yeah. it, it says good things about you that you're taking in things from a lot of different directions and Definitely. inspired by all of it, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. That <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. So are you ready for rapid fire questions? Okay. It is yes. very fun. I start the sentence and you finish the sentence. Okay. Okay. The color I wear most often is all of them. <laughs> I can't pick one. Every I won't pick one. one. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite book is, um, any murder mystery. Ooh. There are too many to name. I love murder mysteries. I love that. My favorite breakfast food is? Um, I like eggs. Eggs, I would say. Just any different form of eggs. That's a good one. My favorite <laughs> app on my phone is? I think it's a tie between Instagram and TikTok. Mm. See, I haven't gotten in the TikTok world, and I think, I think I'm, I'm missing out. Once I you get sucked need. in, you're never coming back out. So That's just enjoy this time while you're not sucked in. <laughs> Life before TikTok. Um, Literally, yes. <laughs> my favorite outfit I've ever worn is? Anything that involves a colorful blazer. I feel very badass in a blazer. Yes. Same. Same. Yeah. When I was little, I wanted to be. <laughs> a teacher. Really? Which I guess I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> Just are. in a different form. <laughs> That's awesome. My favorite place I've ever been is? Mexico. My, uh, the best piece of advice I've ever received was, um, the grass is greener where you water it. Ooh, the that's grass like my is favorite greener where you water it. I, I want to get that tattooed that. on me one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my role model is, um, I would say one of my cousins, Deanna, she is also a girl boss kind of person. So I, she's my go-to person for all my questions and things like that. She's amazing. I would love to be more like her. Oh, I love that. Um, what are you learning about right now? YouTube and creating a podcast. Really? That's exciting. The podcast world is so much fun. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's awesome. I'm excited. Uh, my style icon is Anyone from the 60s or 70s. Awesome. Um, I love what I do because. I get to help other people feel more confident and be better business women who can have a life of freedom. Oh, 
See, that is no small thing. I love that. That's so significant. Yes. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. How can people connect with you online? So you can find me on pretty much all platforms at KBOOSK. It's K-B-O-U-S-Q. It's just the beginning of my last name. Um, and we also have most platforms for social mate as well. It's your S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L mate. Soul shall mate. I love it. I always have to explain that one. (laughs) Like, let me break this down for you real quick. Yes, exactly. Uh, Everybody go follow. And is there anything else that you would like people to know as they're following along on social media? Just don't be afraid to be yourself. And like, if you like it, put it out there. If it doesn't conform with what everyone else is doing, that's okay. You could totally be the first person doing it and you will probably change someone's perspective on it. So just do it. Yes. Amen. Biggest amen to that. Um, Okay. Thank you so much for just sharing all, all the tips, tricks, and experience with me. I loved this conversation with you and it's just been a true treat to get to chat and have you on the life and style podcast. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Absolutely. I will talk to you soon, Kristen. All right. Thank you. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening. I so enjoyed getting to chat with Kristen and I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. Definitely go check her out on Instagram. It will only make your day better, make your week better. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the life and style podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would make my heart so happy if you would leave a review in Apple podcasts. So I will talk to you soon and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye friends. This podcast episode was produced by the marketing and media team at Painted Tree Boutiques. Special thanks to Aiden McMillan, Carissa Rodriguez, Becca Melton, and all of the Painted Tree shoppers, staff, and vendors that make this project possible. 